Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Masarowski outside, currently looking at cloudy skies, 66 in Buffalo. Video release outrage after the hallway surveillance footage from inside Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, was made public ahead of a scheduled viewing by the victim's families. Local officials are criticizing the leak as a cowardly move. The video shows the hallway outside the room where 21 people, including 19 children, were shot to death in May. Families and loved ones of the victims were scheduled to see an edited version of the footage on Sunday. But a TV station in Austin obtained and published the unedited video, gunshot audio and all, which incensed Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin. The video needed to be released. I'm not mad about the video being released because I've been advocating for that. I'm mad because of the way it was done and blindsided these families. No warning to them, no nothing. They got the warning two minutes, two, three minutes before it went out. While the mayor has been calling for transparency, he disagrees with the manner in which that very sensitive material was released. 503 now on WBEN, a new inflation report set to be released. Officials, though, have some notes on the bigger picture. All eyes on the economy with today's inflation report, but the Biden administration says it may not tell the full story. The report could show new 40-year highs, but the White House says there are signs it could be peaking and recent drops in the price of gas, food, and shipping prices will not be reflected in today's report. The average price, according to Gas Buddy, for a gallon of regular gas is 466, which means Americans will spend $142 million less on gas today. Compared to a month ago, Lionel Moyes, ABC News. Speaking of gas, 474 is the average this morning in the Buffalo area. That's down two cents from yesterday. The Buffalo School Board set to hold a special meeting tomorrow evening, 5 o'clock at the Buffalo Common Council Chambers, where they're set to discuss the contract of the current interim superintendent, Tonja Williams. Channel 4 reporting the board set to vote on a contract for Williams to be named the school's next permanent superintendent. Across the world, Sri Lanka's prime minister reportedly declaring a state of emergency as protests grow. Protesters in Sri Lanka occupying the prime minister's office amid a devastating economic crisis with severe food and fuel shortages. This coming just hours after the country's president was set to step down, but ultimately fled the country and headed to the Maldives. Protesters have stormed several government buildings in recent days, including the president's house, demanding their leaders step down. Inez de la Quatera, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. Well, the president 
set to arrive in the Middle East this morning to address stability economic assistance in the region. President Biden first touching down in Israel for a series of meetings before heading to Saudi Arabia. The president is expected to address his campaign pledge to improve human rights and stability in the region, as well as talk to leaders about wider domestic and foreign policy goals. This includes possibly addressing a nuclear deal with Iran and lowering energy prices. But Biden has made it clear he doesn't plan to make specific requests about oil production despite record high gas prices here at home. And when ABC News, Washington. Back at home, a lease dispute turns ugly at the Eastern Hills Mall. WBEN's Brayton Wilson is here with an update. There was certainly a lot to unpack from the dispute that took place between the Buffalo store and the Eastern Hills Mall over about a 24-hour period shortly after being padlocked and shut out of their store on Monday for trying to remove certain components from the Buffalo Event Center. Buffalo store owner Nathan Rose filed a lawsuit against the mall's owners, which ended up heading to state Supreme Court Tuesday afternoon. After nearly 45 minutes of deliberation between both parties on the matter, Justice Emilio Koliakovo issued relief in the case saying Eastern Hills Mall was to remove any blockage that would allow folks from entering the Buffalo store. Meanwhile, the Buffalo store was not to remove any components and put back or replace anything that was removed and that if no agreement was to come between the parties by 12 p.m. Wednesday, a referee would come in to determine what stays and what goes at the mall. It's a fair notion to allow us to reopen for business and take our items out of there. So, you know, we agree with the judge. We're appreciative of the quick order that was given so you know our intent now is to continue to move into our new space so we can open we don't want anything impeding that and certainly because we were locked out of the building we weren't able to replace a lot of the items we wanted to replace so you know a lot of this came on so strong they locked us out of the building before we could do you know really the respectful thing which is when you take something off you're going to patch it you're going to be respectful about it that was Rose following tuesday's court hearing in buffalo when it came to the decision to begin removing some items from the premises Rose says nothing was done with any sort of vain intent Although Monday's actions by Moreau's took the mall by surprise, it took many fellow tenants for a loop as well. Pete Slikowski from Krushiki Bakery was hoping to see an amicable resolution between the Buffalo store and the Eastern Hills Mall. He understands that Moreau's beef isn't with any of the tenants of the mall, it's with the owners of the mall. Unfortunately, the rest of us are suffering due to the process that's been going on with the uh, cease and desist and trying to regain entry into the mall. It's not our fight. It's his beef with everybody else. You know, he's got 716 day coming up. I'd say that's more pressing for him to get underway, but he's going to do what he wants to do as a business owner. More from Tuesday's reactions to the dispute is available online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. Uh, dispute that keeps on going. Clock is ticking, though. Their new store is set to open this upcoming Saturday. Well, Deer Everywhere has some thinking about some drastic measures. WBEN's Tom Puckett looks into whether or not there's an overpopulation problem. With deer overpopulating, one thing Barb Haney of the SPCA serving Erie County says won't work is culling the herd. When you start culling the species, you're going to increase the fitness of the females that are left right? They're like, "Uh uh-oh, we got to be fit and we've got to increase our fecundity or increase the number of um, uh, babies that we can produce. And instead of having one this season, they're going to have two. And the, the, the population will adjust. Haney says there is a way to decrease fertility. You trap, neuter, and release. This is You would shoot them with this, with this fertility drug that would make them not 
have as many babies. It's wildlife fertility control. In West Seneca, Supervisor Gary Dixon says residents have been complaining about deer for the last 10 years. Deer uh, vehicle accidents, you know, uh, a car hitting a deer. It's uh, the uh, destruction of um, people's uh, gardens and the, the landscaping. Um, it's uh, people don't like to see a lot of deer poop in their backyard. Dixon says the town recently adopted an education program to help mitigate deer in the town. You can hear more about that online. Tom Puckett, WBN.com News. I feel like we're dealing with deer just like on, on an everyday basis around here it they are ever you know some people would say they well they've always been everywhere but in some places around western new york i mean the problem is just about as big as ever i know in my neighborhood i i feel like i see them about as much however they're a little bit more out there they're a little bit more ready to go right up to you i mean i saw deer it was a must have been a mother and two little baby deer in the middle of the day walking down the sidewalk you know, like they're domesticated dogs. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I was running home, and, you know, here I am turning the corner. Right. There's three deer just kind of trotting along on the sidewalk in front of the middle in the middle of the day. You would never have seen that before, I feel right. like. Now they're getting maybe a little bit more comfortable in your uh, neighborhood, I, I so you're seeing them more. Are. Plus, I was noticing last night, I was actually doing some gardening. They've been chewing down all my hosta, <laughs> oh. which... I love the hosta because I don't have to do anything for them. Yeah. They just come up every year, except when the deer eat them. That's right. My dogs uh, eat them, so the deer have uh, nothing left (laughs) (laughs) to uh, get in my yard for. I don't don't know about you. I've seen more deer in yards than on the road this year, which is normally I'm used to dodging deer, especially, you know, uh, driving the time that we do. It's very active for deer early in the morning. I've seen them more on grass, in yards. Uh, it seems like more so than I usually see them crossing the road, which is a good thing. I'll keep them there, you know, out right. of the road, right. out of, uh, you know, my line of sight. The exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast for the day today calls for less humidity, less wind as well. We'll find clouds giving way to some partial sunshine. Nothing more than an isolated shower going into the afternoon, primarily well north and east of Buffalo. The high temperature 75 to 80. We'll find an isolated shower well to the east of town this evening. Otherwise, look for patchy clouds and moonlight, the low 59 to 64. Ample sunshine, dry for Thursday, the high 76 to 80. With your exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. Gary Dixon is joining us this morning, West Seneca Town Supervisor, to talk about deer in western New York. Uh, Gary, I'm assuming you've been in western New York for a while. How would you characterize the deer in the town of West Seneca now versus, let's say, 10 years ago? Well, actually, uh, I'm not sure that that much has changed. Uh, A lot of residents consider them to be a scourge, uh, you know, uh, dumping in front of cars, eating their landscaping and, and things like that. I mean, people have been complaining to the town board for 10 years or more uh, about the deer, and we've decided to do something about it. So uh, deciding to do something about it now, why now as opposed to, you know, any of these other years? Or I guess in other words, when does, you know, a deer population turn into a deer nuisance? Well, I mean, I I took office two and a half years ago, and, uh, you know, almost immediately I started, you know, people started calling me about the deer. Um, So, uh, 
rather than kick the uh, kick the can down the road as has been previously done, I decided that we should look into the issue and see if there was something we could do about it. So, what are you doing about it? Well, about a year ago, we formed a, a task force of uh, residents and of experts to look at the issue because there are a lot of misconceptions about uh, what can be done to control the deer or what what damage they do. Uh, and in fact, what what are the residents' uh, feelings about it? Uh, because at the end of the day, that's that's really the important part is what do the residents want done? So they looked at a, at a lot of different uh, options, and um, you know, the, they kind of two of the main ones that people talk about are relocating them or or contraception. I mean, relocating according to the DEC is illegal, so that's out, and contraception is uh, ineffective and expensive. So where the Deer Task Force uh, presented a, a deer management plan, and uh, the town board adopted it at the last town board meeting uh, last week. And basically, we're going to start with education. We're going to try to get people to stop feeding the deer, which is illegal in New York State, but a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, uh, collect more data about the damage that they actually do and do be- a better survey uh, to see what the residents, uh, you know, their feelings are. And then uh, after about 18 months, we'll look at it again. And uh, if things haven't changed, then we will consider the, the lethal options. Um, when you say people feeding the deer, so that would mean that not everyone's terribly annoyed by them, right? If they're uh, you know out there feeding deer, they might like them in their yard. I guess what are the complaints, the typical complaints, by those who are annoyed by the amount of deer that there are in West Seneca? Um, what are they calling complaining about? So the, uh, the, the two big ones are uh, accidents uh, caused by deer and then uh, destruction of, of landscaping and gardens and, and things like that. But people also complain about the uh, amount of uh, deer uh, poop in uh, their backyards, and uh, there's concerns about ticks and about uh, disease, like uh, chronic wasting disease. Do you think the deer have just become more comfortable living even in our our suburbs like West Seneca neighborhoods? Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, and that's what the the wildlife biologists will tell you is that they have adapted perfectly to to our environment. You know, our our gardens give them, you know, fantastic uh, smorgasbords of uh, of food. And uh, we've eliminated all of their predators except for cars. So they can grow, uh, the herds can grow as big as there's food for them. Now, you were talking about some of the options, right, um, and a more lethal option that could, you know, potentially happen in the future. I, what, in your mind, does that look like when you're talking about a, a more lethal option? Because I, I would imagine certainly in your mind you're not talking about somebody going out with a rifle onto Harlem Road and uh, shooting a deer in the middle of the street. No, absolutely not. And, and no one's going to be running through, you know, neighbors' backyards uh, with a crossbow or, 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 or a rifle. Uh, we would uh, probably, and, you know, this isn't certain yet, but we would probably do something that many other towns in the area are already doing, including Clarence, Amherst, uh, et cetera, uh, which is um, a, a highly controlled uh, cull uh, or controlled hunt, if you will, uh, that is um, – usually done in the fall or winter by professionals or people who are trained 
And, uh, you know, it's not at all like regular hunting where you just walk around in the woods looking for a deer. They actually, it's a, they, they do things, they attract the deer and then eliminate them and then, and then remove the, the carcasses, and most of the meat is uh, given to uh, local food pantries. It's like you're bringing in uh, Deer Team 6 from the Marines. Well, exactly, and it's either professionals or it's uh, there, are, there are volunteers that do it you know, for a small amount of money, and then they keep the, keep the carcass and either you know, use it themselves or they'll, you know, like I say, uh, give it to a, to a – there's a place in Chictawaga that will dress it and then give the meat to uh, food pantries. Now, is that – what's known as bait and shoot right that's that's the idea right you you attract the deer right they set up as i understand it they set up they attract the deer and then you you shoot them or with either rifles or with uh, bows and arrows but now is it actually working in amherst and clarence or do they still have a an issue too well, you'd have to ask them, but uh, I mean, I've I've spoken with the the uh, Clarence uh, supervisor, and he's he thinks it's been a great success, greatly reduced the number of uh, of uh, deer uh, accidents. But it's something that you have to do, uh, you know, virtually every year because the deer are constantly going to be um, reproducing because we've eliminated all of their predators. So. Um, you know, at, we had a public meeting where the Deer Task Force presented their uh, their findings about a um, about a month ago, and you know, one of the residents say, "Well, can't you can't you have some introduce some predators?" <laughs> and uh, you know, our, we had a biologist, wildlife biologist, professor from Canisius is on the um, on the task force. She said, "You know, the only you're, you're talking about wolves and bears, and, and and those would those would cause." bigger problems than uh, than the deer do. We're talking wildlife, and who better to turn to than Barb Haney, the Director of Wildlife at the SPCA serving Erie County. Not just any wildlife, deer in western New York. Um, I, I want to hear from the expert, Barb, and thanks for joining us. When does a deer population kind of in the community go from being something that is cool to see, something that we live with, uh, to being maybe a problem for people and for the animals? Oh, it's such a subjective uh, question. You know, it really depends on uh, the, the neighborhood itself, how they're working together with the deer. The deer are ubiquitous, though. They're going to be with us. And we have to come up, you know, when we do decide, you know, I think we have too many. Let's do the right thing. We've been managing wildlife for about 100 years and seeing the effects of our choices in the ways that we manage it. And I, could, I can say in Western New York, we really haven't made any dent in the deer population in a long time. And that's because we, are not, we haven't really thought innovatively about it. Um, what, we're, what we tend to see is this uh, practice of bait and shoot, People think, okay, we need to eliminate the deer. Um, and what happens when you start to do things like that, when you eliminate part of the population, it creates an effect within the population that makes it more fit, right? The females become more fit and they want to produce more offspring. So it really is kind of counterintuitive. It doesn't really do the job that we want it to do, which is decrease the population. What it does is encourage the deer population to make more babies. It increases that fecundity, that ability to be fertile. So when you say we haven't made any dent, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's a 
that's a loaded statement there because we've been working at this for so long, right? Well, I mean, what, what, you know, it's, what do we see? What is the, what are we seeing out in the community? Are we seeing that there are less deer over the last 30, 30 years? I, 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 from what I can hear from the community, and again, these are subjective things, you know, um, whether or not an animal is a nuisance is dependent on the human's and their determination of what is happening with that species, right? So what I hear are people are feel that there are too many deers. Frequently, I hear this. Um, and why? You know, we have to think about the why. It, in my opinion, I don't necessarily think that. Um, but why, why would they become a nuisance? Well, they're getting in the streets. They're causing damage with our cars, that sort of thing. Of course, then we would, we would, start to look at how can we reduce that population. But, um, you know, the other side of that is how can we, again, as a humane society, we want to think about how do we work together with the wildlife? So what are some things that we can do to uh, eliminate the um, the negatives of, of car versus deer, right? We can slow down at dawn and dusk those times when the deer are moving. They're, they're crepuscular. They're only coming out at dawn and dusk. They're not out during the day. They're not out at night. But at dawn and dusk, slow down. Be careful. Watch out. Don't get on your phone. Be aware. I'm seeing more during the day. I was telling a story the other day. It was like a noon, 1 o'clock, out running, and there's just, you know, a deer family walking around, uh, trotting down the road uh, in my neighborhood. Yeah. Is that something to be alarmed about? Uh, no. So what's happening are the fawns are starting, they're coming into that awkward teenager years, and it's time for them to move on. And they need to find their own families, their own lives. And so they're on the move a little bit more right now. And so you will see them um, traveling about. And depending on the neighborhood, you know, I live in the village of East Aurora, and they just are... They have no fear, and they will walk down um, the streets, right in the middle of the streets. Um, But, uh, you know, it depends on the neighborhood. It depends on what's happening in their natural history. As I mentioned, those fawns are growing up. You know, the deer are, it seems like they are more comfortable living amongst us in our neighborhoods, right? They, They have no problem with that. Oh yeah, we well we create habit perfect habitat for them, um, you know, and and that's also what we do with a lot of animals. You know, our choice in how we have our lawns. Um, we are perfect habitat for cottontails, perfect habitat for deer. Oftentimes, we uh, are drawing in geese because of the way that we have our lawns, and you know, these are just. We, we are creating those habitats. In fact, if you want to not have them in your lawn, you start thinking about, well, how do I make my, if, if you decide, again, this subjective question, whether or not something is a nuisance, then there's ways that you can make your space inhospitable for that particular species that you've deemed, again, this is subjective, to be a nuisance. So I, uh, not to totally switch the focus here, but the deer... For me, not that much of a nuisance. You know, I see them every now and then. They're fine. Um, Haven't seen as many on the roads by me. Uh, But you know what is a nuisance? These Canadian geese. What's that? The Canadian geese, I (laughs) cannot. um, 
there has to be a way. Is there some reason for not, uh, you know, when we talk about, um, you mentioned bait and shoot for deer or something like that. Is there some reason we are not able to take these geese and, you know, for just to, you know, I live in the Tonawandas where by the water, these geese are, you cannot go on the trail because it's either blocked by the geese themselves or all their droppings that they leave behind. And it's every single day and you cannot keep up with it. I, mm-hmm. What can we do about this? Are, I mean, is there a drastic measure that we need to take? Well, there again, we, we as a wildlife biologist, we would look at the natural history of the geese and consider, you know, uh, there have been bait and shoot with, um, or what they do is they round them up. They'll round them up right about this time of year after they've had their babies and then they, 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 Get rid of them, right? Um, and uh, but what we can do, you know, some of the things that you can do. One of the more humane things to do. There's there's a whole list of things that you can do. You can look at the well. The first question I have is, you know, why is it a nuisance? And what you mentioned was the feces, right? Well, I just want to say to everyone, geese eat grass, so it's really it's kind of recycled grass. I think people get really grossed out by it, but as far as, you know, it's, it's just grass that has gone through the system. It's, it's not so gross. So we can start to start there. How bad is it that it, you know, there's feces now, if there's too many, okay, you've deemed it to be too many and you want to eliminate them. What you can do is have foresight. They mate in February and March. They lay their eggs at the end of the of March, beginning of April. There are nests. And the best thing to do, the most humane thing to do, is addle the eggs. And addling is a way to make those eggs not viable. And what you do is you dip, you take them, you dip them in oil, you put them back. The geese continue to sit on them, so they're not going off and laying more eggs somewhere else, right? Um, and and then they're not viable. Those eggs are not viable, and they're fine. They move on. They 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 don't hold grudges against anyone. Geese do not hold grudges, um, and uh, that's the smart way to deal with with um, population. Right? Is to, again to use these sort of ways of um, dealing with reproduction. That's 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 a little kinder and it also is really wise that's the way to deal with it is the problem really though that they aren't allowed back in their home country because they don't have that arrive can app (laughs) (laughs) oh you're talking about canadian geese not canada geese. you know are you talking about canadian canada geese i can't tell that's 9 30 in 716 We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.